Breaking Point. I'm your host Nalmi Nachia. Today on the show, we have someone who has her finger in every pie associated with the world of communication. She's been a prime time breakfast show host on Radio City 91.1 FM, special correspondent at NDTV 24/7, an anchor and news analyst, a voiceover professional, a media entrepreneur, and a film festival curator. A writer and an accomplished speaker, she weaves compelling and engaging stories with her words, regardless of the medium. Please welcome the woman whose voice woke the city up with a rousing "Good Morning Bangalore" over the radio waves. An independent journalist, storyteller, the founder of Pickle Jar Media, and my guest for the episode, Vasanthi Hari Prakash. Namaskar to everybody and to you, Nalme. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much for being here. It's nice to have you as well. Let me begin with the most obvious question: that a breakfast show. on radio is not really about breakfast is it uh no it's about uh an rj the person who's running the show uh, skipping breakfast many a time uh simply because everybody else is having breakfast at that time and it's her duty uh and her uh, essentially privilege uh, to to be the official alarm clock of the city so uh i in all the times that i remember i was almost always gobbling up breakfast between one song and another or in an ad break yeah. um and uh, that's my that's my memories of the breakfast or of course finishing the entire 4 hour show and then sitting down to a nice um, golden color masala dosa in a restaurant next to our radio station okay okay so you hosted uh, a show called good morning bangalore in 91.1 fm and i remember listening to you and i remember listening to the rjs who came before you also i think it was um, darais and sunaina uh, i think who were the show and then you know you took so i i remember listen you know making that transition and i was present throughout you know the you whole uh, one one fm city to the host of FM, fm stations that opened but uh, what i want to ask you is you know hosting a show like that and you were you did that for 4 years if i'm not wrong that's good so how is it that you know when the morning and its meal the breakfast transcend from mm. the personal to the professional does that ever happen like it it sort of you know becomes from a personal solitary or say a family mode to mm. a whole professional mode where you have to switch gears into that mode and you know becoming a part of the people's morning routine as well as yeah. this cultural fabric you know like i mentioned mm. become a part of their lives and you're not just yeah. walls anymore it's sort of like a celebrity status but without the visibility that was the best deal i'm so thankful that at least back in the day there was no facebook or insta yeah. that you would have to do a facebook live along with your live radio show mm. or that the station would expect you to do some you know insta pops every now and then uh you could first of all walk into the station into your own show in night clothes if you really will you know essentially at the time when the breakfast show would start it would be me and the security person at the gate it was a cozy uh, six floor office uh, on residency road and uh, there would literally be nobody not even the sound engineer so sometimes yeah. the guests who would come in would be a little disappointed saying because they would imagine It's a vastly actually we thought that you'd be there. You know, most of people working away. There is the sound, there's a whole buzz, and then they just come in, and it's like, 
almost I am open in the like, hey, hi, come in, come, come, come. Would you like some coffee? And then you yourself go out, make some coffee for yourself and the guest and get it back. Mm -hmm. uh, so these uh, things are, let's say, uh, the new age radio stations as opposed to Akashwani, where also I worked, that it's one of the most precious stints of work where I did, where I was with the state broadcaster. And this was the FM rainbow part. And there, of course, it was not my, not a breakfast show. And at the same time, there would be the station officer. So there's essentially people who are working shifts. So it was a, uh, a different scenario in the on the breakfast show when I, when I really moved on to uh, Radio City. As for your question on whether this transcends, I think it does in some ways. Even when I was offered the role of this uh, primetime RJ, uh, I remember asking uh, Suresh Venkat, who was uh, heading programming, who was the one who had made the offer, and I hadn't known him. Uh, he was a famous voice, so I knew him only as a listener. Yeah. I remember telling him, saying that, well, if I really say yes to being on the breakfast show, mm. who do you think is going to make breakfast and send this different box to my son? Because my son was around five, six years at that time. Mm. Uh, he was just about beginning school, and uh, so uh, Suresh turned around and said, uh, your husband. And I, I said, Wow, like we are meeting for the first time and uh, you know, you're so confident that my husband's going to be doing this. Yeah. And sure enough, when I came back and I told my husband, say, I don't know whether I'll be able to actually do this every day, breakfast show. Yeah. Uh, who's going to pack uh, this child off to school? And he said, me. So um, it did become uh, um, in many ways that you had breakfast with the, the unit that your nuclear family was to actually... Uh, making a break breakfast or, or let's say the whole energy happened for an entire city. Yeah. Now the, the plus point of that was uh, that as opposed to having your gojavilaki, dose, idli or what have you, you were privy uh, to what the city was having. And uh, because along the way, um, when you are settling into your show and people begin to look at you as their own family person yeah. um, and they start confiding in you they start telling you things which probably they wouldn't tell their other family members and so some of the conversations were very general because they own you and and i think that's only fair yeah. uh, because as long as you're on the show that persona of rj vasanti as opposed to just being vasanti uh, you at least i didn't mind it at all because it just added to the uh, to the to the life of that show because we, you know somewhere somebody is saying that Today, actually, I, I tried out said those same such a flaw. And then the same. And then in my next link, as we call it, and saying, okay, I'm going to be playing you in a Raman number. Uh, but meanwhile, um, Savita has, has had a total flop show for said those I think it's good to put out a song for her. Yeah. Or some guy who's trying to, uh, you know, be this new responsible dad and husband. Mm -hmm. So you uh, are drawn into the drawing room and let's say dining room of many of those. Uh, people mm. and you are privy to uh, a thing that's much larger than than who you yourself are. Yeah. So I, uh, on hindsight, I realized that um, I was in fact having a whole uh, culture for for my own breakfast. And and you know a lot of people somehow that I've ended up speaking to have all been Bangaloreans. And it's, it's just that it's very like enmeshed with how the city functions, you know, having mm. breakfast, breakfast joints, eating at different places, 
it oh, becomes totally. such a big part of people's lives and you know even if it wasn't in the drawing rooms people are still listening to you outside in the cars while driving or in some you know small food joint or whatever so you know that's why i was very curious that it sort of moves beyond your own zone and mm. sort of engulfs a lot of people um now let me ask you your own association with food you mm. know whether it's eating being a foodie if you are uh, or cooking also being a traveling journalist and a working mom how does food figure like and also you've done so many things how do you find the time what do you do how do you do it uh, i have a good breakfast to start off my day that's how i can i can really uh, do much of what i do yeah. I, i'm i'm uh, as it were i'm an early morning person mm. it didn't even need the breakfast show to to get me up early mm. it just meant that in the early days of the show i would keep about three alarms because i was so terrified of missing my own show and not showing up so mm. <laughs> that apart it's it's quite uh, uh, a kick starter for the day and and uh, so i have never really been a person who skips a meal in the first place Mm. and breakfast skipping i don't even remember when i did that unless unless it was a forced upvasa so that is my um, let's say favorite meal it, mm. and not, not just because i'm featuring on a podcast which which actually where the breakfast is a hero yeah yeah <laughs> the the fact that i don't skip a meal also has a lot to do with the way we were brought up or or the way my own family breakfast history was as in if, okay. if i just look back because um having had the experience and and let's say uh, and the privilege of really growing up in many many small towns across india mm-hmm. uh one thing was a constant i mean and it was usually simple fare at home we are we are fuel wedge as they as they uh, come by and so it's um let's say from the idli dosa to the upma to the puri uh, sagu or or sabzi or so it's been wherever we've been that's how and my mother was a working mother a working woman briefly when she used to teach mm. at a, at a school so it would all be like you know done quickly in the morning our our dabbas would be packed and that's how it was from my sister and and me both of us um so i definitely grew up relishing uh the simplest of uh, food as something which is very you know tasty and and poshtik both <laughs> i mean i i love up breakfast and even now when i travel uh, to the north of the country uh, last year my travel the the pre lockdown covid era which seems like some past life mm-hmm. i uh, i have did travel through uh, chatisgarh and and uh, madhya pradesh indore and um up many parts and delhi and and mumbai vizag and mm-hmm. everywhere uh, and mangalore our own our own coast mm-hmm. and uh, some truest nice um breakfast uh, mm-hmm. and and of course these days is a lot of um, what i call the paneerization of the meal right like uh, every i mean you go to goa for heaven's sake this you get paneer and in tamil nadu like and i was there on the election travel uh, for huh. lok sabha last year to, to three states huh. where i was in a you know on a road trip in a self driven car 
a colleague and I were 3,000 kilometers on Karnataka, Kerala, and Tamil Nadu. And some of the most fantastic breakfasts came from homes, not hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, that kind of very wholesome uh, tiffin uh, mm-hmm. is, is what I, I have grown up with. And, and to this day, you just give me that any day. A good, great Indian breakfast. Just nothing else compares to that globally. I mean, when you travel outside, uh, you really miss our options. The, the sheer diversity of food that, that we all have. Yeah. The sheer number of dosas that we can make. Yeah. Uh, or or I, I'm, I'm, I love cooking. I'm not very elaborate cook like I don't like pouring over intricate kind of this thing I'm one of those functional cooks like yeah. get done get quick and uh, mm-hmm. get out uh, that kind but I love cooking yes yeah yeah is it, I mean it, it's something that um, sort of can be filed under your uh, hashtag diary of a working mom <laughs> true 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 <laughs> very much and I think my my uh, Cooking itself, I would credit uh, a lot of what I cook, uh, let's say the Tam style of cooking to my late mother-in-law, who okay. was uh, who was an excellent uh, cook. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Usha, that was her name, and uh, Usha Ma, as I used to address her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always used to tease her. I said, my God, you should just start something called chutneyfication <laughs> because she could make a chutney out of any vegetable. <laughs> like... Yeah. She'll make one yum badnekai chutney, seme badne chutney, this thing. And then there was something which I discovered, which, which is called a sippe chutney. Yeah. Um, isn't it? So, um, and then she would say, at least now you all, uh, you all call it sippe chutney very fashionably. Back when she was a child, it was called tippe chutney. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, because they were all teased saying, uh, saying you will make chutney even with vegetable peels, like please spare them. And this woman would turn it all into a nice fragrant thing with hingo, you know, put asafoetida, a lot of coconut and all mm. kaituri as they say. Mm. And uh, that would go with, um, uh, you know, akki rotis, ragi rotis, mm. uh, and then there would be this good juice of so many different kinds and and though she wasn't a very willing cook, you know, I would tell her this, good Lord, you know, you wouldn't part with your secret. And, you know, uh, but a lot of it, I, I did uh, watch her. Uh, mm. I, I sort of, uh, I, I mean, watch her as in, you know, in passing, you just do and then you land up with your own version of it. Yeah. Uh, so I would uh, think that has helped me in good stead because uh, a few years back when a friend of mine who now lives in Dubai with his wife, he, he came to Bangalore and I invited him home. I said, you guys come over and stay with me. Mm. And then they were there for a week and when they were leaving, his wife told me and she said, you know, Vasanti, truth be told, I was telling my husband saying that we are all pure non-veg <laughs> and here is Vasanti inviting us and how do we politely refuse her? And then we are, we are just blown away that every single day you fed us completely different things Mm-hmm. Um, in in this vegetarian fare that was so so different and and good, so mm-hmm. I I sort of hold that out as a trophy for myself and for vegetarian cooking. You know, like that it's not boring as many meat eaters would think it is. True. <laughs> yeah, you know, of course now there's this whole vegan movement, but even without the vegan vegan movement, there have been people who vouch for 
how innovative you can get with vegetarian cooking. Um, yeah. And what you said reminded me of my grandmother. So she takes rich gourd and then so mm-hmm. the, so she peels it out. What's inside is made into a palya. The seeds and the sipe are turned into a chutney. So uh, sorry, what did she do with the seed? The seeds and the sipe I think go into the chutney. Oh. Yeah, so thank you. Next time, I won't spare the seeds either. Till now, I was just putting only the peels. <laughs> so now I will model myself on your grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it all comes from the same place. Like smile changes in uh, ingredients, but otherwise it's the same kind of principle that they go by: waste not, want not. Yeah, and and see, so so that's how. you know a very kafkaesque thought is that life is cyclical and uh, in the lockdown you can see any number of posts and i am in fact part of a food group uh-huh. uh, which is called simple recipes for complicated times okay. uh, and there you have people who are forever either sharing what they have done with what would otherwise have gone waste mm. or they are asking what can we do so that we don't waste this so mm. really we we owe it to this um, this wily virus to um, appreciate the value of everything a lot better than we did true true 3 months back yeah i i actually want to ask you your break favorite breakfast dish and mm-hmm. any uh, memory or story that you have about it but before that i want to actually tell you something um, i remember from your own writing from your own social media post i remember this once uh, you know you were traveling i think intercity if i'm not wrong and mm-hmm. um, so you know the, this this post was about how you called the cab driver out and you both sat down to eat and then yeah. uh, over a plate of tindi he sort of opened up and told you about his life for me that mm-hmm. was i still remember it because of the impact it had uh, on me i don't know when where i was in college or whatever but this whole idea about disarming people with food and sort of breaking with a simple coffee or one plate of tindi so and and that is why i so wanted to call you here because i know it's it's all about stories when you have food it's all about easing people into uh, their comfort zone with food so with that i want to know what your favorite dish is that makes you puts you into that zone of comfort and ease ah first for the uh, story i'm so i it find it really heartwarming that you remember that post uh, and and i remember many people telling me at different points much much after i had shared that about what that episode which i had um, put out did to them or how they related so for those of your uh, listeners who probably have no idea what you and i are talking about is that <laughs> cab driver and we were driving back from mysore uh, mm-hmm. i was there on work mm-hmm. and uh, so when you know the usual stop over and the bangalore mysore stretch is one of the best spots in the world i would say for for food yeah uh, when if you have left bangalore early then you you can treat yourself to tatte idli in bidhi <laughs> you can go a little further and then there is madur vade which is any time of the day though you never consider an oily vade as a morning snack and then there is of course a whole buffet that that gets signed up then there is benne dosa now there's davangere dosa there's just the the entire uh, gastronomic spread of 
Mysore slash veg cuisine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't know about the meat part, so I will leave that to the experts. <laughs> uh, but while we were driving back, uh, and I was in the back seat, and so he just told me, he said, "Madam, coffee ge nilslana." No, I said, "Yeah, khandita." I mean, that I'm so looking forward to that. And then this was this uh, little place somewhere close to Birdi and. Uh, Uh, no, no, Chanapatna. Yes, Chanapatna, and Chanapatna, which is otherwise known for wooden toys, and he said that's where it is, and he pointed out to me. I said, but why would you not come? So he said, Illa, Illa, madam, no, no, I wouldn't. I said, no, 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 you should. And then um, he very shyly came, and when usually you call cab drivers uh, over to have a tea, a they are hesitant because, especially if you're a single woman traveling, because they feel that it'll be odd for you. yeah um so it the i always say that the the onus is on someone like me to break that ice and say that please that doesn't matter please let's both have at the same table mm. secondly they also they, it's also a little class and casting unfortunately that uh, yeah. a lot of people think that okay this uh, i shouldn't be sitting on the same table so so it can be a, a host of different feelings mm. um but uh, i have i have always been the one who is gained by uh, having that person over because then you know over coffee you or, or the, i mean the mandatory steel dabra coffee which uh, which happens after the breakfast yeah uh, then you know that i think there is something inside the coffee pudi that that helps break barriers so <laughs> or it's uh, something which a person feels more comfortable uh, talking mm-hmm. so that's how this this gentleman actually told me he said uh, Uh, then we got talking and then it turned out that his wife was uh, physically challenged and mm-hmm. she was uh, it, it was a it was a marriage that uh, that it was a love marriage for both of them from their village mm-hmm. and uh, their mother was not just upset that she was from another community but also that she was uh, you know she had problems walking she had a limp and stuff like that and our man so this ground i don't know if his name was venkatesh and then to recall nevertheless mm. uh, by the time we actually finished that conversation i was like i had new respect for that man in my eyes and i was almost like i could i could have done the whole mysore bangalore trip without knowing i was in the presence of such a soul yeah. who was not only uh, uh, so deeply in love with his wife but was funding her education mm. and she had uh, probably appeared for some kind of services examination and also had had an offer letter from i think wipro or some such okay um yeah. long story short food is something that too in india which is uh, which is so generously offered uh so lovingly cooked mm. and so cherished that it is not just some amount of proteins and vitamins that's going into your system um one of my most favorite i i, I don't know if it is a i don't think it is a breakfast but let me first say that my one of my most memorable meals mm. was at this small little um town called dungarpur in rajasthan okay um and it was this little pond actually a lake in in dungarpur and i had just had my child and my 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 son was about 3 months old and my father was posted in a place called kadana in gujarat okay and uh, we had to buy a washing machine which was not available in our this gujarat town yeah. because it was a small little town and my father was an engineer at a thermal power plant nevertheless we went to dungarpur which was the uh, nearest town and it got really late mm. and my father was still busy finishing his work as well as this washing machine when the women of that 
store it was a marwadi uh, ki dukan and he he was feeling odd that I was waiting at his stop and uh, store and he told his he sent word to his wife hmm. and that wife who was in gungat you know she just came out and she she just has me also and you know she just let me hmm. and i couldn't believe that the store was a front for a beautiful lovely uh, haveli which mm. which overlooked the pond the lake in dungarpur okay and i just went behind and my father said that it might take him an hour or so to wrap up his work so essentially i just went there and there were all these women who were making you know belo fine rotis for the <laughs> evening meal yeah uh, and the the matriarch of the house that the elderly lady um you know she gave me this toothless smile and she said uh, uh come you know our beta betho yahan par and then uh, she just got talking and then she realized that i am a new mom then she of course gave me tips on uh, what to feed the child and and things like that and then next thing i know there's a huge shining steel thali of uh, rajasthani cuisine Mm. you know it was just so nutritious and there were like almost seven to eight bowls of um, different kinds of sabzis and gatte ki sabzi and all that and mm. a sweet that i was fed <laughs> and when when i was leaving it was almost like their daughter was leaving because by the time my father came it was one and one and a half hours and my father also they offered him he said bhai they said bhai sahab aap bhi lijiye Uh, those days there was no uh, facebook live so i spared them i suppose otherwise knowing me i would have probably done a live video from where i was yeah <laughs> um and embarrassed them and, and let the world know of their generosity yeah. um but this is uh one uh, memorable meal the, the most uh, the fav- the breakfast that comes to my mind is at kannur kerala just last year okay. uh you know where they Uh, it happens to be my friend deepa pandarathil who's part of my pickle jar team yeah. and her parents who lived in in uh, in kanur what a spread and it wasn't just for me but it was also for my colleague chinmay it was also for our driver who was uh, dri- you know who at that point of time was guiding us through some parts of kerala okay so essentially we uh, landed up you know that i think it's called parampuri where they make it with a yeah. with a ripe banana banana yeah um, yeah and then appam and kadala curry and chips and man what a breakfast that was uh, <laughs> that's when you realize that you are you must have done something good to mm. to earn to be an indian um, mm-hmm. and to to be of this soil uh, yeah. to to get something which which probably uh, which probably money can't buy True. that's my you know these are some of my i mean of course there are many uh, favorite meals from my journeys as a journalist but these two top of mind okay okay um uh, any thoughts on sustainable agriculture because i've seen you write about it sometimes so yeah yeah um see the good thing i mean we we, we do live in uh, the best of times and worst of times as mr dickens said many centuries back yeah um but one of the good things in spite of all that we have lost mm. in uh, in the sense of our uh, seed richness in in terms of our native wisdom mm. in terms of surrendering our own domain knowledge to a, a, a seemingly superior western concept mm. um but the reality is that 
we are now beginning to realize that what we had and what we what got us all these millennia mm. uh, is is far more evolved and and certainly works for us yeah. um, whether i get into the debate of the west versus the oriental or or india mm. uh, what what we should realize is that the more local we go yeah uh, the better it is for us mm-hmm. i i have personally also followed many many people in our in my own circles mm-hmm. uh, and even say celebrity uh, nutritionists like uh, rujuta devekar who have made it popular to to yeah. look into our own um, practices uh, food practices culture farming practices um, and and not be unnecessarily attracted to an exotic thing right like uh, i mean yeah. for, for to, to place it on record i've never never bought quinoa not that i have anything against a grain it's supposed to be a super grain for somebody uh, for some cultures yeah but i have really believe that i mean frankly is it is it anything better than our ragi our navne our own millets yeah um, i've been part of conversations uh, of the millet network of india i have mm. um, there is this agro economist called ms devender sharma who's a good friend of mine yeah yeah, yeah. i have witnessed uh, you know uh, organizations like dds which is the deccan development society i've traveled to those places in andhra pradesh uh, medak district where they they make these let's say idlis or dosas or even the so called modern foods with millets yes. this even started a decade back at least now it's it's suddenly organic and all that is is the um, is trending mm-hmm. but um, some people have luckily been uh, have stayed on the course mm-hmm. uh, and i have real respect for for many of this i was also part of a, a you know a, a bbc documentary where i was assisting the uh, the director ken uh, pew mm-hmm. who had traveled from london and uh, the man robert lamb who had made entire episodes on this kind of sustainable farming Okay. so i was part of that sort of um, series where we traveled to philippines to look at drought resistant rice varieties because manila has rri which is rice research institute um then we went to kutch um where i remember many of these people who whose experiments with with or, or rather whose uh, you know efforts in farming mm. helped them even face the worst during you know the the bhuj earthquake um and in our own backyard in in uh, in karnataka I mean, many such uh, places are there off late i have been associated with um the tdu the transdisciplinary university mm-hmm. uh, which is in yelahanka bengaluru people should look it up yeah. and uh, a professor dr nayar who who has you know who with their knowledge of indian traditional systems of medicine whether whether it's ayurveda mm-hmm. yunani siddha so they are helping digitize these traditional forms of knowledge that we have always had with us okay and helping many countries deal with their issues mm-hmm. so when i am picking up i don't want to spend just because it's organic i don't want to uh, give 80 rupees instead of 40 you know that's also the other thing like people are uh, uh, you know many many players in the market there are genuine players as well but there are many players in the market who cash in on this ignorance hmm. and uh, and this the spending power of let's say rich middle indian middle class people yeah. so in the 
anything organic you're willing to shell, shell down yeah yeah extra money but do you know what's gone into that mm-hmm. are you have you gone to the source have you made sure that you've touched base with these people who are charging you double what it would cost in a supermarket mm-hmm. and are you you know can you hold them accountable where's your farm yeah. how are you claiming it's fully organic Hmm. because you don't want the other side to happen which is that you think you are having these uh sustainable agriculture food but you are actually paying double and ha- and being cheated now that you know not, nothing get you worse than that yeah so the responsibility of hmm. uh, people who are cooking or consuming hmm. is also to make sure that you reach out and there are small farmers you just need to keep your eyes and ears open about a month back i got uh, you know uh, sent something by a lady who's opened a farm i just saw that she's been very sincere it's not just that she sent it to, you know even the name of the farmer was written there yeah. and so i did a cross checking with somebody who had sent me that food and i said okay then i, I don't want to even unnecessarily plug somebody on my you know social media so i did some homework and at the same time she didn't ask me for any publicity mm. but i just felt you know it's just my bit i i i don't lose much by telling um, my friend circle that okay here is one person she is working with small farmers of kolar mm. i had these ala pahad mangoes which are so astu chanagito they're just so tasty huh, huh. and it, it uh, came it seems reasonably priced so likewise whether it's padnik farms that that um, that lady was or navadhanya which is again you know a community trying to source directly from the farmers and give it to urban consumers mm-hmm. so some of these people um i know are doing good work and this is across india so mm-hmm. to whoever is listening to your show if they have found such a thing we should not hesitate in putting that word out because it's so not easy being a farmer yeah and to get that even if you really have done that farming to get that produce out there and that too in in scenarios like these in the lockdown mm. you know when you probably have grown uh, some huge acres of grapes and mangoes but you can't sell and they're, they 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 just mm. might rot yeah right so so um that i think is the need of the r and yeah. to to make sure that we are each one of us is an ambassador of these sustainable practices i just feel it shouldn't just be up to a journalist or the farmer himself herself which all of us have to pitch uh, in a collective now mm. so all this will begin the moment people are interested in where the food comes from period yeah that's 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 a nice way to you know tie this all up as well thank you so much for enlightening us about you know the the very many um, organizations that are working in this field i am sure a lot of listeners you know will probably at least attempt to look some of these up and educate themselves it has been very enlightening for me so thank you so much thank you so much for doing this particular segment and the show as such most welcome nanme and since i am on this um spreading the message uh, kind of spree on your show a parting do we call it a parting suggestion yeah a parting suggestion to people particularly women is that i think you should let others cook that's also something which which uh, i feel very strongly about by that what do i mean is that a lot of uh, men yeah. love cooking 
uh, and and especially whether it's breakfast or or the thing but i have had many male friends whenever i put out posts of let's say my husband or my son mm. uh, who i have always believed that the way you can uh, when i hashtag is the working woman diary as you pointed out yeah. is also to nudge people gently towards letting go of their territory if you see kitchen as your territory mm. uh, it also means that you don't let others have the pleasure of discovering the joy of cooking yeah. the, the, i mean food is such a joy giving uh, entity in our lives mm. Mm. Um, and i have had male friends who look at my post and say that uh you know we actually want to this thing but we get told i get told by my wife man saying you won't know how to do this oh you will create a mess in the kitchen <laughs> uh-huh. uh no uh, or or many times when when our male colleagues cook well we we also love to joke about it oh really you you'll end up uh exoticizing men cooking yes um which is good for a joke but you know on a serious note we also should do a rethink hmm. saying it's okay to for people to create a mess because only when you create a mess we you probably learn. yeah you you probably learn and what's wrong with creating a mess frankly i mean if that if you are the person who thrives in chaos yeah. so yeah a parting suggestion that i would use your precious podcast space <laughs> is also for those who think you are fantastic cooks is also to let others discover that that inner uh, nara maharaja or <laughs> or the chef for the diva yeah. uh, the domestic diva within within yourselves yeah um so my 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 mantra would be cook and let cook that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially your sons uh, as much as your daughters uh, yeah. increasingly uh, people love to do this so much for their children that they land up crippling them but uh, remember that your your children will go to the hostel or 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 will be miserable for their spouses so please uh, have an eye on the future make sure that you train your children to also clean up not just cook cook but, but also clean up that is a true mark of a democratic spirit yeah. <laughs> yeah that's thank you for that thank you for that parting uh, suggestion that i second that in the most vehement way before i let you go um I would like you to share your social media handles with the audience just you know so they can follow you and follow your work um in case they don't already I'm I'm sure most people uh-huh. in Bangalore they pretty much know you but in case people are listening uh-huh. from elsewhere well uh this the the handle that I use the most uh is the one on Facebook which is vasanthi.hariprakash so it was facebook.com/vasanthi.hariprakash Instagram also I try to be there um with the same name Vasanthi Hari Prakash on Twitter I'm Vasanthi Hari okay. and Vasanthi is spelled with a like a proper south indian with the h I am also trying to start a podcast of my own I may land up taking uh, tips from Nalme and other podcasters uh, where I'm trying to really look at what the indian life is all about like what the different languages Mm-hmm. uh you know the the experiences that i have gathered yeah. in uh, meeting people from tribal india from rural india from small town india and urban spaces mm-hmm. uh, issues of governance and meeting politicians and celebrities on one hand and uh people like us on the other yeah. so all this is trying to 
uh, finally go into something a little more substantial than just a post on social media mm. but i'm i'm so uh, sort of thankful for for uh, for being on your show and for also um, you know having a lot of people connect with me on this so more part to you also nalmi thank you so much thank you ma'am thank you so much for those kind words and i'm looking forward to uh, the podcast because we know you through your words like i said and this will be a different sort of uh, introduction to the voice of vasanthi hari prakash <laughs> so yeah with that uh, we come to the end of this show thank you so much for uh, joining me and vasanthi ma'am hope you had a good time listening to us not just a good time but you know just sort of we gave you something to think about so uh, do check out other episodes of this podcast it's available on the hub hopper app on the website you can also listen to it on spotify google podcast or wherever else you listen to podcast till next week this is the breaking point i am your host nalmi nachiar food stories people all in a pot thank you <laughs>